Sweet. So, hey, we're going to drop straight into the message right here. I know. I know. Come on with it. Come on. Come on. Come on. Happy New Year. Say Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Praise God. It's a new year. Good things await us. So here's our new sermon series. You can throw that link back up. Thank you, Hannah. You, IVC culture versus the kingdom culture. Learning to live like God. Sound good? So, hey, every family has a culture. You grew up in a family that had a culture. You might not even understand that culture. You're just like, I went home over break. I understand the culture. Um, <laughs> but every family, the Becchio family, they have a culture. If you spend a week with them, you'd be in their home. You'd be like, wow, that's amazing. Other things, you'd be like, hmm. You come into the Lomolina home, you'd start with, hmm. And there are things you'd be like, that's amazing. You know, you go to the C. Miller's house for a week. You'd be like, wow, like the culture here. Um, anyway, you guys had the best culture. Praise God. <laughs> but every church has a culture. Um, this church that meets in the morning, they have their own church culture. We have a culture here in IVC. Um, there's no perfect church. Everyone know that? Everyone knows the joke. If you find the perfect church, don't go because it won't be perfect. Amen. Um, so anyway, but I just feel like, and praying about this series that the Lord had upgrades for us. And I love this church. I hope you guys know that. I'm not ever going to be tossing us under the bus because I think what God's doing here is amazing. The people that God brings here are incredible. What heaven has established and what is being established is beautiful. Um, but there's always places to grow, right? Into more of him, more of the kingdom. And so that's what we're after. All right, let's pray. Father, we just say thank you. Thank you for the kingdom. Jesus, thank you that your whole message was about bringing heaven into earth by teaching us what the Father's house was like and inviting your sons and daughters to live in the Father's house. God, we say, would you teach us, Holy Spirit? Would we be people that are taught of you? God, we're so grateful for all that you're doing here and all you're inviting us into in 2024. Amen. Amen. Okay. So what I want to talk about today is like having rice, beans, and chips, but no salsa. It's like having cake without flour. It's like having pizza without cheese. Come on. What I want to talk about is an ingredient in our spiritual life that without it, we will live lopsided Christianity at best. At best. Worst case scenario, we will literally walk away from the Lord. And this ingredient is this, guys. It's the fear of God. It's the fear of God. That's what we're going to talk about today. Guys, there was a time in history when we were known, the people of God, as God-fearing people. It was literally a badge of honor that Christians would wear, that we actually fear the Lord. Now you rarely ever hear messages on the fear of the Lord. And if you do, I've heard a few, you kind of cringe. You're like, oh, <laughs> I don't know if I want that Jesus. Um, and I want to say this, guys. Because some of you are like, are we supposed to fear God? I thought God, like, loved us. 100% God loves us. He's the safest person. There's no one else safer than him. And so I just want us, from the beginning, as we're going to enter into talking about the fear of the Lord today, to realize this is a challenging topic. This is a hard topic. But this is a very important topic. We need the fear of the Lord in our life. Amen? Guys, the fear of the Lord isn't about being afraid of God. 
but rather it's about being in awe of him, a reverent awe of God, an adoration and a reverence about who he is, honor to his name. It's a posture of the heart as we were singing even in worship, you're God almighty, you're God almighty. If we could throw those psalms up, I kind of want to just drop into the word so you guys see all throughout scripture, because you can't get away from it. From Genesis to the end, we're going to be seeing stuff about the fear of the Lord. Psalms 130, I'm going to read it on my phone, it's going to be easier for me. Check this out. It says, out of the depths I've cried to you, O Lord, Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If you, Lord, should mark inequities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. Guys, isn't that cool? He literally connects the forgiveness of God, being forgiven by God, our sins atoned for it, to being like, may you be feared. Psalms 33, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. Yet again, we see, guys, what does all produce? A healthy reverent for God, a healthy like, wow. Psalms 145, the Lord is near to all who call upon him, somebody. To all who call upon him in truth, he will fulfill the desires of those who fear him. He will what? The desires of those who fear him. He will also hear their cry and will save them. And then Psalms 128. How blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. Guys, we do not have time to get into all the scriptures, but it is crazy how much blessing and favor and riches and wealth and all these things are attached to the fear of the Lord. And guys, I'll say it again. I said it already on the opening. Guys, I love our culture. I do. I love that we know the, un the unconditional love of God that we celebrate that, that everybody has a seat at the table. Everyone can come. That mercy is real here. Grace is real. That people can make mistakes in this church, somebody, and not be shamed. That's a big deal. I want to double down on that stuff. I want to continue to make a big deal of that. But I'm not sure as a culture if we have a fear of the Lord culture. See, hmm. <clears throat> Guys, if you got a Jesus, Sam, my oh man, welcome back, Sam. Um, how do I say this? Okay, stand up. Okay, come back. See, if you got a Jesus that you can like dab him up, chest bump him, like that's a cool Jesus. And I think that's an awesome view of Jesus. You're just like, dude, I could chest bump my Jesus. Amen. Guys, but we also need a Jesus that causes us to honor him as God. Guys, Psalms 29 says that God set his king at the flood, and he will set his king forever. Guys, he is a king. He's the king of kings, and he is a lord of lords. Guys, and I want a life in God that doesn't take holiness lightly. A life that stands in the reverential all of our God and our king. Guys, I want a life that doesn't take holiness lightly. That when God calls himself holy, that we would actually respond and say, I want to be holy as you are holy. Do you know John, the disciple? He was called John the 
Beloved. Isn't that cool? He got the name John the Beloved. I mean, you have to have a life and a friendship with Jesus to get that kind of phrase on your life. And you can make a strong case that this was like Jesus' best friend, his best buddy, that he felt so comfortable with him that, man, should I come back in? I just... He just, he just laid on Jesus. I mean, this is the only one we see in Scripture that felt so comfortable. He just put his tuck in on this 30-year-old man, and he's probably 20. He's like, man, this feels good. Put that picture up. I'm going to give you a visual of what this would look like. Right here, boom. This is young Marky, 2016. <laughs> but that was Mac, who, is our, who started Isla Vista Worship. If you don't know, we honor this man. Um, but, I mean, I feel like this picture is so beautiful. It's the picture I see of Jesus. He's just so happy and loves his kids so much and would hold them. But I want to go to something, guys, because I want to help you guys understand something here. John, according to Scripture, was the only one who went up into heaven. He had an, an out-of-body experience. I don't know. He, it says he was in the, the, in the body, out of body. I mean, he doesn't really know. He just saw a door open, and he was in heaven. And he writes about this. And what's crazy is John did life with Jesus for three years. And then he saw Jesus after he rose from the dead. Like he connected with the resurrected Jesus. But this is the first time he actually meets the glorified Jesus. And look what it says here. If you want to put the verses up, I'm just going to read them to you guys. He's up into heaven. He says, then I turn to see the voice of that what was speaking to me. And having turned, I saw seven gold lampstands. And in the middle of the lampstands, I saw one like the Son of Man, clothed in a robe, reaching to the feet. And girded across his chest was a golden sash. His head and his hair were white like white wool. Guys, picture this, like snow, just so much purity. His eyes were like flames of fire, passion. His feet were like burnished bronze when it had been made to glow in the furnace. His voice was like the sound of many waters. His right hand, he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. And his face was like the sun shining in its strength. Guys, do you know what happened? After he sees this revelation, it says this, you're going to be Jesus again. He sees Jesus. This is his best friend, but he hadn't met the glorified Jesus. After he sees it, it says he falls down like a dead man. He's just like, Sam, this is when you come strong. This is Jesus. Um, hi. Uh, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last and the living one. And I was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and of Hades. Powerful words, Jesus. <laughs> Guys, for real, though, trip out on that. Sam, I might have more for you. Be ready. If you're going to come visiting our church, I'm putting you in. Um, guys, he fell down like a dead man. All the energy, just all his, everything just zapped out of him by seeing this Jesus, by seeing this man. White as wool, flames of fire, sash, so much glory, so much majesty, there was nothing else but to do than to hit the floor. Guys, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Wisdom. 
Guys, when the fear of the Lord reigns in our life, our choices are different. Guys, we think different. We see people different. We're less out to judge somebody because we have the fear of the Lord in front of us. You know what I love about the fear of the Lord too, guys? I found this in my own life more and more. The more I fear him, the less I fear other things. <laughs> guys, the fear of the Lord will shrink your other fears. Your fear of money, your fear of loss, your fear of death, your fear of people. Like the fear of the Lord has a way of shrinking fears in our life when we fear him alone. Guys, you read the Old Testament, what happens when people, not even God, but what happens when people just encounter an angel most of the time? Same story as John. They just fall straight on their face. Happened to Daniel, happened to Joshua, happened to many people. I mean, guys, I once had an angel speak to me audibly, one time in my whole life. Hardest season I was in. I just took the church over in 07, 08. We just moved out of a community house. I'm on my bed. I'm laying there. I'm tired, tired every way. And I hear myself mumble as I'm trying to, like, go to sleep, take a nap. I go, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing with my life? And I hear this angel speak audibly. You're planning a church in Isla Vista. How do I know it was an angel? It was a female voice. It freaked me out. It felt like five espresso shots. I was like, oh, my gosh. I had to look around for a while, and I was like, oh, my gosh, there's an angel in here. Like, it was terrifying. It was beautiful, but there was an aspect that it was terrifying, that something out of heaven just spoke to me. Guys, I think sometimes we are too flippant with God. Guys, I know I can be. We're too flippant with him. We like have a Bob Marley Jesus. Yeah, no worries about a thing. We're in Santa Barbara. It's all good. You know what I mean? Or we have like a, 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 um, a Mr. Rogers Jesus, right? It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It's a beautiful day. Won't you be mine? Could you be mine? You know what I mean? It's like, this is like the Jesus we have. Or Santa Claus Jesus, right? Bless me, you happy man. You're just happy, so just bless me. You know I'm on that good list. <laughs> Guys, he is God. He is God. He's the God of angel armies. King of kings, Lord of lords. He is the creator God who's created all things. Guys, do you know this whole planet we're on is spinning at 1,000 miles per hour right now? And we're not even dizzy. That's crazy. Guys, we're in a Milky Way galaxy. What the frick? A galaxy of one billion stars? I had to Google this. One billion stars. Most bigger than the Earth. Guys, a lot of them the same size, these stars of the sun. Do you know how many Earths can fit in the sun? One million Earths can go into the sun. And there's this many stars? Guys, this thing is big, and this whole thing was created by our God. Guys, we as believers today, we're starving for the grandeur of God. And here's the thing, guys. We don't even know it. We don't even know that's what we're starving for. See, all of God gives us a healthy fear of God. Yeah? Guys, your all of him will give you a healthy fear of him. Guys, I remember the first time. Anyone been in Yosemite? 
okay, some of us. I remember the first time I went to Yosemite. I drove through that tunnel. You come out of the tunnel, El Cap's there, Half Dome's in the background. I mean, I was like, what? It was in the morning. I was with Samuel. I'll never forget. It was like, God, this is crazy. This is so beautiful. I mean, it just, it, it spontaneously put praise in my mouth. I didn't have to, like, force it out. It was just like, I didn't know where else to go with it except, like, wow. And I just went back to, like, Yosemite in April. It was, like, the craziest rain season. It hadn't been that wet there in, like, 20 years. I mean, water was coming down the stream at such a rate that it literally put fear in me. I was just like, oh, my gosh, that is so powerful. Like, if you were to fall in, there goes the rapids. You're over that waterfall. Like, it would hit a rock and shoot, like, 20 feet up into the air because it was just coming down so hard and so powerful. First time I went to the Grand Canyon, same story. It was just like, what? This is crazy. God. You know? I mean, even this week, me and Carlos went on a walk just over by Sands around 4 or 5 o'clock. Just had rain on Wednesday. It was so stinking beautiful that we had to stop multiple times on the walk just to be like, wow, we live here. Wow, this is crazy. Guys, Jesus, guys, he's the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, yeah? But he's also a lion. Guys, he came as a lamb. He's returning as a lion. And some of us, like, we've been to the zoo, so we're like, yeah, I love the lion. Guys, he's behind a cage. It's like glass. It's not like that. Like the wilderness lion, you would not be like that. I'm going to bring my buddy Jack Smith one day. He's on the board. Like he's going to tell you a story that haunts me to this day. When he got put in Africa, he went to Africa with, you know, and they put him up in this nice hut like away from everyone else to honor him. He's about to go to bed, and guess what shows up in the front of his little hut? A lion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, the story is just crazy. Guess how much he slept that night? Exactly. You're not going to sleep that night. The whole night, a literal lion is out there yawning. Oh, just the yawn alone. You're like, oh, there I go, peeing my pants again. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I mean, terrifying. Terrifying. Guys, the fear of God is the love of God because it frees us from us. It's giving us a bigger view of who he is. The fear of God is the love of God because it frees us from us. And it helps us to see him bigger. Guys, I've had two very profound fear of the Lord encounters. Both were terrifying beautiful. I don't know how else to say it. I mean, God came in 07 like, like I would never want him to come again. Amen. And, and it, it was It was beautiful. But it was also like I wanted to run. I wanted to run. The second one, I, ever, I told him, I'm like, we're done, kind of. I mean, I didn't say it in that way. I was a little more scared than that. I was like, we're good, like pull back kind of thing. Like it was so much. It was so much that I just needed him to pull back. I was terrified. Guys, the fear of the Lord, it's a gift to keep us tender towards God and towards conviction. And I'll tell you this, if you have lost conviction in certain areas where you used to have conviction, you might have a fear of the Lord problem going on. Because without the fear of the Lord, guys, we're like a kid crossing the street in IV. 
like my little two-year-old or even my seven-year-old. Like, you got to, I've taught my kids, you got to look, 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 look. I'm like, I'm on a six look. You know what I mean? And people fly down that street. But you're an accident waiting to happen. When there's no fear of God, you're just like, I'll just cross the street. I don't care. You know? It's like you are waiting to get hit. And can I be honest? I got the mic. I'm going to be honest. Um, Guys, I don't want to walk with people who don't fear the Lord. Because you're not helping me. You're actually hurting me. Let me ask you this, guys. Is the people that you hang out with the most have a healthy fear of God? Do they live lives that want to honor the Lord? Guys, are they quick to turn from stupid in their life back to him? Sometimes they're like, I'll be the healthy one in the group. No, 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 no. You won't be. You, I mean, you will go to the same level of the people you're hanging out with. I'm sorry for all you guys like, I'm a pioneer. You don't know. I'm sorry. You're going to the same level. Guys, you want to walk with the wise? You hang out with the wise. You want to grow in a fear of the Lord? You need friends and people in your life that actually fear the Lord. Guys, King David had a lot of issues in his life. Yeah, he like broke the full Big Ten. He was just out there. But he's also called a man for God's own heart because he had a heart that loved God. And, you know, this one time he like slept with this woman, got her pregnant, and then put her husband in the front of battle to get him killed. That's low, right? That's like, that's like not right at all because, you know, he wanted to marry her, so let's get the husband out of the way. And anyway... He's in secret sin. He's in a sin he hasn't told anyone. He just did all this. I mean, obviously, this gal Bathsheba knew about it. And then Nathan, this guy, this prophet, right, who heard from the Lord, comes and tells David a story. I think it was about, like, an animal and what someone did and this and that. I should have read up on this. But anyway, a lamb? Yeah. So he tells the Lord. And David gets indignant. He's like, well, what should we do? Nathan's, like, you know, baiting him. He's like, well, what should we do? Well, you go kill that guy. You know? And then Nathan's like... You are that man. And boom, as that hits him, instantly he just repents. Conviction falls on him. His heart is feeling like this is horrible. Sackcloth, ashes, fasting, the whole bit. You know, to me it's like that's a heart that stayed tender to the Lord, even in the midst of just making mistakes. And God, I'm praying, I'm praying just so you know, I'm praying that we would be a church that values holiness that values conviction, that values the voice of the Lord in our life. A church that actually lives like this before God, like God is here, before we're making decisions and doing things, and really understands that the fear of the Lord is the love of God. It is the love of God. It's the ingredient that makes walking with God yummy. (laughs) Had to tie it back to the beginning, you know? All right, so hey, this is what we're going to do each week, probably each week, is whoever speaks, we're going to do a live Q&A, because we're going to be talking about different things. We may, I don't even want to say this one, because it might not happen. We may talk about dating. Everyone's like, oh, dating. Uh, <laughs> dude, seriously, you get like the most plays anytime you do a dating sermon. It's ridiculous. Um, but we're going to talk about work, you know, because every time I say, hey, let's have a church work day, it's like, oh, five of us showed up. <laughs> Everyone must be making music. My bad. Um, Anyway, 
going to talk a little about the FOMO culture, the fear of missing out and commitments. Anyway, you can tell we have some things to talk about. So to be fair, we're just going to do live Q&As. And then you guys could ask. You're going to text my phone. My number's going to go up. You're going to text my phone, and we're going to go for it. So today, you guys just heard some stuff. What's coming up? Grab your phone. Text the number. Holly's actually going to be the one I'm going to interview here, and you're going to hear from Mama Holly. Um, I want to end with one verse. Sorry about that. It's out of Ecclesiastes. Um, you know, if you don't know this about Solomon, he was the wisest person to ever live. Literally, the wisest person, by far the richest person. He makes the Bill Gates, the Elon Musk, all those, not poor, but like middle class. You know, like he was worth $2 trillion. It's insane how much he was worth in today's day. So he gets to the end of this book of Ecclesiastes about vanity and vanities. He's slept with thousands of women, so much property, everything. And he writes this. This is how he ends it. You need to pay attention to the guy who's like the wisest, smartest ever. He says, the conclusion when all has been heard is fear God and keep his commandments because this applies to every person. Amen, amen. All right, beautiful. You ready? I'm going to ask you the questions. We got chairs coming. Thank you, ladies. Oh, okay. She said you might have to answer if they're hard. Yes, please. Good to see you. Welcome back. I don't want you guys to be shy. There's no like, oh, that's a bad question. And guys, this is a weak muscle in our generation, straight up, like people asking questions. And so each week, you're going to know, like, questions are coming. So if you got them, send them through. Holly, here we go. And I'm not going to say who sent them. So if you sent me, like, some outrageous one, I'm like, are you kidding me, Danny? You really want me to ask this? Fine. Boom. (laughs) Um, But here's the first one. Best way to grow in the fear of the Lord. What's a good way to grow in the fear of the Lord? Read your Bible. (laughs) I think it's really helpful. I mean, Jason's super good about just acknowledging and living in the new covenant, and we need to be very clear that we are in the new covenant, but I do think it's really helpful to read the entire Bible and to also know that the God of the Old Testament is still the same God that we are worshiping today, and it does kind of help us see, like, oh, wow, God is not just yeah, that teddy bear God, right? Like he, I don't know, he, he is serious about people following him. And also just even to understand why Jesus was sent, you know, um, and just to be able to really be so much more grateful for the new covenant, because I think kind of the the challenge being on this side of the cross is that like the Israelites and in the Old Testament, they had a very tangible experience of, you know, making the sacrifices and recognizing our sin is serious. And these are the things that we have to do to deal with our sin. And we just have no concept of that, right? Because we don't have to go kill a bull and do all the things that they had to do, which praise God we don't, right? Like this is amazing to be on this side of the cross, but that's where it can be easy for 
us to get kind of flippant with our faith and see God as just this God of so much grace and mercy, which he is, but like in context, right? If we can understand these things in context, it helps us have a much fuller picture of who God is and just being able to recognize the very many facets of who he is. Um, yeah, one, one time I had this kind of encounter with the Lord where um, I had a, a vision of like a diamond, but it was like a, it wasn't necessarily that the diamond was super, super large, even though it kind of was, but it was more that it had just a million different cuts. You know how a diamond has all the different like facets to it? Um, and God was just showing me that the, the amount, like the different aspects and facets to who God is, is endless. It's, it's, we can't even comprehend it, but it's so easy for us sometimes to pigeonhole him into, you know, whatever we're learning or whoever we're experiencing God to be, that that's all of who he is. And we need to recognize that there's just so much to him and he's so vast and so big. And we want to press into all the different aspects of who God is. And I think that helps a lot with the fear of the Lord. Thank you, wife. So good. Um, Hopefully every husband thinks this about their wife, but I think my wife is drop dead gorgeous. Like I'm actually in love with her. Um, but I say that because there's a verse in Psalms, Proverbs 31, it says, beauty is vain, charm is deceitful, but a woman who fears the Lord, she should be praised. And so I just praise you, wife. I love you. Um, marry a God-fearing woman, men. So here, here's a question. Would you say that the fear of the Lord is the same as the highest level of respect? Or do you think that a healthy fear of the Lord also contains being afraid of him in some way? Did you get that? Would you say the fear of the Lord is the same as the highest level of respect, or do you think that a healthy fear of the Lord also contains being afraid of him in some way? You can think about your answer, too, for that. Yeah, that's obviously if we're talking about the fear of the Lord, we have to kind of figure out, like, are we? do we just mean awe and, like, honor? Or is there an aspect that includes what we think of with fear? And I don't want to, like, be the definitive answer on that. But when I, Jason and I have been talking about this for the last probably two weeks now because he's known this sermon has been coming and, you know, it can be kind of scary to deliver these type of messages to our IVC culture. <laughs> um, so, and, and never wanting to bring it in this, like, condemning way or having the wrong picture of God. Because, you know, thank the Lord we're, we have enough revelation that we're not just, like, um, you know, the old school, like, you're going to hell, you sinner, you know. Um, sin, what's the book? Sinners in the hands of a, a angry God type of thing, right? So, um, we can identify that we're beyond that theology that I think was very skewed and off. Um, but that being said, thinking about the fear of the Lord, one of the things that is like a big part of what I feel like I've learned about that and that we've kind of been talking about, I feel like kind of applies to this question, is um, recognizing that God is God and I am not, and that there is a part that is like, 
there is kind of a fear there, like a healthy, holy fear. Like the, you know, we talk about like a fear of, of fire, like because it can burn you or a fear of electricity because it can electrocute you, you know. So there's like, there's a healthy, good fear. And I think when we recognize like, you know, and practically what that tends to work out in my life is I want to go God's way, not just because, I love him, even though that's the biggest reason, but also because I have a a healthy fear that, like, his way is the best way, and if I don't go his way, it's not going to go well for me, you know? Um, And I think that that healthy fear of the Lord can help us to be wise, right? If If we're saying the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, it's recognizing that if I just go do whatever I want and I'm not honoring God as God, then, like, all hell could break loose in my life, right? (laughs) And I don't want that, you know? Like, because, and I think um, it's like recognizing there's those moments that we all have as humans that's like, I just want to quit, or this sucks, or this is hard, or I don't want, you know, I just want to bail. Like, I don't, I want to bail on this relationship. I want to bail on this job. I want to bail on you know, something that just keeps being hard in my life. But then I'm like, but I know God's called me to this. And if I bail, that's not going to be honoring to the Lord, you know, Um, even in conflict where it's like, okay, God, like I feel your check on me and that fear of the Lord, because I, you know, you're not going to just go off and start like, I don't know. There's just a part of restraint, I guess, and we could talk more about that. But So I do think, yeah, there is kind of a fear, but it's really just that healthy fear, and it's definitely coupled with awe and honor and respect and everything. So both and, I don't know. Solid. Um, I'll just add, you know, perfect love drives out fear, so we're not looking to fear God. You know, that would be the worst thing to have a dad that you couldn't run straight into his arms. But there is this sense of what you're saying of like great protection that comes from God. And I know I'm under his covering. I know I'm with him. And part of like consequences, which I'm pretty big into as even earthly dad, is just natural consequences. Like if my kids want to do this, it's like, well, how's that working out for you? You know, and I feel like sometimes we can live in such a way that it's like you're experiencing the consequences of your choice, you know, and Again, I think the fear of the Lord keeps us from making rash decisions, stupid decisions. You know, there's not a single marriage. Well, I shouldn't say that. No. Okay, we won't go there. Um, all marriages go for the waterfall. And marriage is hard at times. And some of us, I've heard of people who've wanted to quit marriage. Um, that's a joke. Ha huh? I've been there. <laughs> okay, this is a hard audience. They're like, you thought about that, Jason? <laughs> um but I would never do that. I mean, I love Holly. I'm committed to her. And But the fear of the Lord keeps me. I don't know. I mean, honestly, like, I don't know how people do marriage without God, you know. And fear of God is a very helpful thing to be like, don't, you're, stop being stupid. Yeah, okay. You're right, Lord. Oh, hello. <laughs> love my wife. Um, all right. Okay, here we go. We got, oh, you guys are coming in strong now. Um Okay, who do you know, Holly, that walks out, walks out in the fear of the Lord really well? And what have you learned from them in the relationship with God? So who in your life, who would you say when you think about the fear of the Lord? Yeah. 
I had a really crazy mentor. He traveled the world with this guy, Derek Prince. It was like old school Christianity. Um, but I was what I needed. And so for two years, I sat under this guy, and he put the fear of the Lord in me um, just by being in his presence. You know, and I think there's certain people that walk in such a way that, like, their life actually convicts you. Um, the way he would talk about God, the way he would honor God, the way he would be like, I am praying for you. And I had no doubt he was like, you're praying, <laughs> you know? Um, so anyway, I've been very blessed to have this mentor. He was in my life from about 07 to 010, really strong, um, credible man of God. Yeah. I don't know. That's kind of a hard question. Um, I'm sure I do know people that walk in the fear of the Lord, but um, it is, like Jason said, something that feels like kind of a struggle with, you know, I don't know if it's Southern California culture or just young people or well, I don't know what, what exactly. But um, so really that I can confidently say I would probably say it's Jason. Um, and I, you know, obviously have a front and center look at that. So can really see that I know he has the fear of the Lord and I know that it keeps him and restraint, and he's really good about things like not living in offense, and I, I think that the heart of that is a fear of the Lord, right, probably, um, and, you know, just keeping himself in check, and, like, keeping his heart pure. I think that one of the fruits of people who have a healthy fear of the Lord and live in that is that they have a pure heart, and they don't have a bunch of hidden junk that is going on underneath the surface because they bring that before the Lord because they they live in that way where, again, God is God and I'm not God. And so I'm going to um, just, yeah, keep my heart pure and keep my conscience clean like you already kind of talked about, the not letting our conscience be seared. How could I help my friend, my friends who have strayed from the fear of God? So they're talking plural, they're friends. I love your face every time I ask. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, well, first and foremost, like, you can't give what you don't have, right? So you have to ask your own self, like, do I fear the Lord, you know? Do I have a healthy awe of him, reverence of him? Um, but, you know, I think sometimes, again, we're afraid to rattle the boat. But I just want to tell you, life is short, and, the you know, Bible says, you know, teach us, God, to number our days so we present to you a heart of wisdom. And your life is short. And so having the hard conversation sooner than later with friends, great idea. Some of you in this community live very close proximity with each other. Talk about it. Do I fear the Lord? I don't even know, you know. Um, get honest, you know, because that will help you kind of assess. And then from there, you can help friends. But be the person in your friend group that holds the line. I mean, do you have standards for yourself? Do you have standards in your relationship, your dating relationships? Like, where, where are you holding yourself? And if you're not, like, those are questions to talk to God about, you know? Uh, but for me, like, those come out of the fear of God. Like, again, every guy in here has either looked at porn or wanted to look at porn, straight up. And for a lot of guys, that's a very real thing. But the fear of God is a helpful thing when it comes to that battle. Because you just realized, David said this, when he got caught in that sin with Bathsheba, he writes in Psalms 51, against you and you only, Lord, I have sinned and done what is evil in your sight. 
He saw all of his sin as heavenward. Before it ever affected people here on earth, he was first connected heavenward, and he was like, this is offense against God before it ever played into the natural. And so, again, that's why we want to live our life before the Lord, uh, because then we see, like, wow, my life is, like, you know, this is, like, hurting relationship with God. I mean, can you imagine with Holly if I'm like, baby, you have my heart 80%. <laughs> I love you. 20% I'm with some other women. But 80%, that's a B. You feel good about that? <laughs> you know what I mean? She'd be like, what the frick, you know? Um, even though it's like 99, I was like, I just give 1% away, you know, every 10 years, you know? It's like, that ain't going to fly. Um, and so, but why would it be different with God, you know? And again, we're, we all, we're human. Come on. And we need grace. We need mercy so bad, so bad. Let me read you guys one verse before I pass this. Um, this is Psalms 86, and I love this prayer. I was praying it for you guys and for me. Uh, Teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. Isn't that good? Teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. Like, ask God. Unite my heart, God, to fear you. Yeah, about helping your friends. I mean, your answer was great. I don't have anything profound, just... Obviously, pray for them and, um, yeah, have hard conversations. But I think it's kind of like Jason was saying. You have to, whether you're asking how do you help your friends fear the Lord more, how do you help your friends love Jesus more, like any question about how do you affect change with those around you, that's because that's sometimes a really hard thing, right? Especially sometimes the more we're falling in love with Jesus, the more we actually feel distanced if we're around those who are, you know, they love God, but they're not like on fire. That can be a really hard place sometimes to be. And I've often asked the Lord and tried to understand how do you help others come to that place? And I've really reached the conclusion that it's just, you have to just live that you just be that and that will influence those around you like you can't go force anybody to do anything or believe anything or want to be anything but they will catch it when they see it in you and so fear the lord yourself so into that and like you said hold the line you know and god will use that he will use your healthy fear of the lord to influence those around you all right, I'm opening this question for a shepherd in IVC, so listen up, shepherds. Um, there's been two that have kind of hit on the same thing. One was, how do you balance the idea of John the Beloved, you know, Jesus in the picture of the, and the, how do you balance the idea of John the Beloved, that Jesus, and the picture of the resurrected Jesus, the one in Revelation? How do we balance the friendship with God with the power and reverence of God? And then the other question that was kind of similar is this person was saying, like, Basically, how do you fear the Lord when he feels like your best friend? Like, I'm just trying to do friendship with him. Like, I'm not trying to, like, you know, fear him in that way. Uh, and you don't want to change that. Yeah. You just want to chest bump, dab it up. <laughs> All right. I might have one of the shepherds raise their hand. Somebody raise your hand soon. Um, to me, that goes back to the, the many facets of who God is. And I just... I'm so thankful because I feel like God has brought me into different revelations of who he is at different seasons in my life that I can say, 
I full like I feel like I know him so well as father and best friend and lover and all these things, but then there is still that really healthy fear of the Lord. So I I know even in my own life I can experience that they're not exclusive, but it's just again not pigeonholing God into like here's my whole picture of him, but it's recognizing that God is so many things. He's the lion and the lamb. He is, you know, father, son, and spirit. He's best friend. He's the bridegroom. Like scripture itself gives us many, many different pictures of who God is. And it's recognizing that he's all of them. Like in our finite minds, we picture people as just the one or two things that we can handle them being, you know, this is my friend or this is my mom. It's like, in Jesus, it's all he's all of these things, and we just keep pressing into more and more of who he is and the different revelations and the depths that are there, which is so exciting because it's endless, and it's like it never gets boring, and it never stops. And again, like I said, we have this culture here. Dang, they were hopping seats. My man, I'm just going to stop right here. Anyway, we have a beautiful culture, but this is an area of us growing. So again, it may not be like you're... Some cultures, like, this is their default almost. You know what I mean? I don't think that's who we are. You know, Mark is hopping. Here you go. Um, that was so good, Jay. Um, I think in every friendship and relationship, because every person is multifaceted in who they are, um, it's really easy to miss out on specific pieces of who somebody is if you don't pull on that part of them. Um, take Caleb. He's like the best musician in this whole community. If you didn't know that he was a musician, and if you had a Sunday or like a, a jam session with a bunch of seven-year-olds and like you were supposed to perform like a beautiful amazing piece of music and Caleb came and was willing to help out nobody asked him we would all be missing out on one aspect of who that person is because we never pulled on that aspect of who he is and the performance would go horribly and in a similar way, say, to take it to another level, say if John Mayer came here and if nobody knew who he was, if nobody knew that he did music and if we had an open mic and he had the humility to not just assert himself into the open mic but waiting to be asked, like, we serve a humble God but we have an opportunity to serve him as the Lord, to make him the Lord of our life. So Jesus is my best friend, but I also serve him because he's my Lord. And that's the aspect of who he is that I don't want to miss out on because I need him to be king in my life. Does that make sense? Is that connecting? Okay, cool. Yeah, worship team, come on up. Michael Becchio. All right, guys, if you could play for like 15 minutes. I got a whole dissertation here just on this question. Uh, I think, to me, I don't see any difference. There's no dissonance in having different facets of relationship. 
right? Because I can have a lighthearted conversation and I can have a deep conversation. I can talk about something with someone that gives me incredible joy or we can talk about something that I break down in sadness and grief, right? This is normal. This is part of life. And I, th- I think for most of us, at least walking with a lot of people, our relationship with a father figure was probably not the healthiest. But I think if we had really healthy fathers who represented God, we would see, man, I feel so safe and so loved by dad, but I know if I'm messing around, dad's going to call me on it, and he's going to be straight up about it. And I've known, you know, I can do that with my own kids. Like, I, I love my sons, right, and I hold them, and I give them massages, and I rub my fingers through their hair, and I tell them how much I love them and how proud I am, but if they're messing around or, like, if one of my kids, for example, is disrespecting their mom, I'm like, hey, we don't do that, and you know better than that. And I have no qualms doing that. Do my sons leave thinking that I don't love them or they can't be friends with me or be close to me? No. They know. They get it. I stepped out of line. That was not okay. So my relationship with God, I live in the place of I know that my relationship is always secure. My friendship with God is always secure. My fellowship with God is always secure. And the father-son relationship is always secure. And the God-creator and created human is always secure. And there's times where I don't do like, when I was younger, we used to, for music, you know, instead of sharing passwords with, for accounts that they haven't paid for, which a lot of people do today, it used to be that you couldn't, you know, you couldn't get music unless you burned a CD, right? So, so you had one friend would buy it, everyone else would burn it and get it for free. So you get 10 people for 10 bucks, right? I did not do that because I had a fear of the Lord, and I saw other Christians do that, too. And I'm like, what the heck? Just because the cops don't catch you doing it doesn't mean it's not stealing. And when I look at the word of God and I saw the standard God set for humanity, even the Ten Commandments, which is what the New Testament teaches us, that the law was about love. That true love for God and love for your neighbor is the fulfillment of the law. It's not just for the sake of being legalistic. And then I realized, okay, I don't want to transgress against the Lord because he's holy and he's wonderful and he deserves my praise and my honor, my respect and me to live in such a way that says, you're right, you know best. You know, as scripture says, let God be proved right and every man a liar. And I had no problem with that, being teddy bear loved by God. And I actually love when God calls me out. When he's laid down the law on me, it's still in the context of our secure relationship through Jesus. So it's like, oh, it hits me and it's heavy. But when I go through that, I actually feel more loved and I feel more safe. And when I see it correctly, I go, man, Lord, that you would, you would take that risk in our relationship to call me out because you care about me. I can trust in that as well. So the fear of the Lord is a beautiful thing.